Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fiction. Science fiction. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on KCP 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I'm your host today, Al Warren. So today we have a sci-fi writer, and uh, let's just uh, find out what he's all about. Mr. David M. Kelly, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Alan. I see your history. You've got quite, uh, you've had quite a life. I mean, it says, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, a singer, bass player for a heavy metal band, and you were a crew chief for a drag racing team. Um, now you're a sci-fi writer and, uh, wow, that's, I'm sure you, you've never had a boring day in your life. Uh, I'd like to say that I haven't, but you know, I mean, it kind of like, it looks good on paper, but you know, I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, very different. You know, there's always kind of like days when things aren't going well and, and you know, you're not too happy with things. But uh, overall, yeah, I mean, I've got uh, quite a bit of uh, varied background. Yeah. So how would you how would you go from doing those things? Um, like that's quite an array of, of, of life experience. And you take that and now you're writing like um, science fiction. I think it it kind of works quite well because having had, you know, these different experiences and met all of these different people and kind of, um, you know, interacted with different people in in many different ways, I think that helps kind of inform, you know, things like building characters and, and, you know, kind of like how they're going to react to certain circumstances. Um, And it helps me to, you know, make them more sort of, fully formed and, and three-dimensional, which is quite useful. So your characters and, and the things that they go through and, and, and how they behave and interact. So are you picking that up off of your own experiences, like from people you've met and, and things that have happened that you've seen happen and maybe how people, you know, reacted to those things? Yeah, very much so. Um, it's, you know, it's a mixture. It's like some of the things are kind of, you know, just obviously kind of like made up. Uh, but, you know, a lot of them are, are at least informed by things that I've seen or experienced or been through with other people. And and some of them, some of the things are, are also just kind of, you know, parts of me and how I would react. You know, it's all about putting yourself into the perspective of the, the individual character. So when you sit down to write a, a book um, with a science fiction theme or um, fantasy theme kind of idea, do, do you start out with like a, a question or something, some event, or do you start out with a character and build it around them? I usually start with uh, a character and a set of circumstances and then build from that. I don't, uh, do a great deal of uh, planning up front. Um, I'm more of a kind of exploratory writer. So basically, I, I start off with an idea of the the character and the scenario, 
uh, and then kind of like throw them into it and see where it leads us. You've got uh, coming out here June 7th, you've got the uh, book two of Logan's World and it's Quilingshing uh, Dawn. And yep. um, so when you have this world, this Logan's World, so you've had a book one and you sort of have planned it um, and you start it with characters. Are your characters kind of in control of you or are you control of them? It's a little bit of both, but um, the characters do have a tendency to to dominate um, at key moments. I um, I kind of let them have free win most of the time, and they kind of do what they feel like they want to do, and and I try to apply guidance <laughs> where I can, but. Uh, it's like a lot of the time it's it's very much a, a kind of learning experience for me it's like and and things happen that you know i know it sounds strange but it's like things happen where you know i'm surprised at what ends up happening and kind of like think to myself i didn't expect that <laughs> now you know for for um a non-writer or a person that writes you know, nonfiction like myself, I always ask that question because I get so many different responses and, and um, it seems very bizarre, but so how do you experience your characters? Is it visual or is it voices? Like, how does this work for you? It's mainly in terms of voices. Um, I kind of hear the people sort of saying things and, and saying how they want to do things um, and I kind of like I document their choices in a way um, so yeah it comes very much from them um, but as I say it's kind of informed by all of the kind of like experience I've had with with people over the years you know well and and so with hearing these voices do you do you ever wake up um, in the middle of the night with mud on your shoes and and a shovel by the bed? <laughs> no, I, I've never had that particular circumstance happen, but uh, I have to say um, quite often as I'm writing a book, it's like I actually dream events that are then in the book later on. And I have, um, for instance, in, in Quilenshin Storm, the first of the Logan Two Feathers books, uh, the whole kind of last third of the book uh, essentially came to me in a dream. And I kind of woke up the, the following morning and had this whole kind of idea of how this was going to end. And it was like, you know, get it down as quick as possible before I forget, you know? Yeah. That's really, um, it, it's another one of those that I, I still can't figure out. So when you, when you first get the idea for the character or the book or kind of what you're going to do. Like for instance, Logan's wrote the very first book when it's first coming to you, do you kind of like have a picture in your mind of what it's going to be and kind of where it's going to happen and how it's going to, how it's going to end type thing. And you kind of know that, and then you fill in the details or is it totally just day by day and you get the information and write it. In uh, Logan's case, um, it came about in a slightly different way because um, the Logan's World series is a spin-off from an earlier series of mine, um, the Joe Ballon series. And, and Logan was um, originally a friend of the, the main character in, in that series. And then there was, in one of the later books in the series, he was very much a key person in this kind of rather big uh, development in the book. And um, after that happened, I kind of realized that I needed to kind of tell his story. So I had sort of some of the characters kind of make up already in place, as it were. And, I, and that event that happened in the sort of, in the Joe Ballen book, is kind of the trigger point for then the Logan's World series. So I had that initial effort from, from those earlier books. Um, 
and I developed it from there. But uh, usually when I'm kind of starting completely from scratch, what I, I will do is I will kind of develop the kind of key characters that I want. I'll kind of like get make an outline of them. Um, and I'll kind of like very, very um, sketchily mark out the sort of um, the setting and the scenario and the sort of major kind of ideas that I want to include in the book um, and then go from there. But it, it's like they say about, um, you know, battle plans, it never survives contact with the enemy. So that they always change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's never what you start out to be, but uh, no. I, so I, now you have not been, if I'm correct, a writer your whole life. This hasn't been something you've been writing these books since you were six type thing and doing this. So it kind of came along after other things. But mm. um, this whole lifestyle of you um, with characters and voices and the way you're assembling these stories and dreaming and imagination, it's, it's all really cool. But did you have this years before you ever got into writing or is it something that just started? Oh no, it was a, it was a long time kind of coming. Um, I was very much an, an avid reader when I was young. I kind of read sort of like through kind of like a couple of libraries <laughs> when I was uh, in school. And I always loved books and, and reading and I always wanted to try my hand at writing and, you know, kind of, life kind of like takes its own sort of like turns and its own paths. And, and I never seriously kind of took it on for quite a long time. And then um, many years ago um, when I, I lived in England, I took on a job and I had an extremely long commute by train, which was like an hour a day each way. And I wanted something to do on the train. Um, and I sure wasn't going to work during that, those two hours because I, wasn't, I wouldn't get paid for it. So I thought I'll do something for myself. And my, uh, my thoughts turned back to kind of like this idea of writing, which I'd always wanted to try my hand at. And so I, uh, that's when I started writing. And I ended up writing my first novel, which is not published and hopefully never will be <laughs> but uh, that was kind of like the thing that really got me hooked and I've been writing ever since although it did take me a long time after that point to get to the point get to the uh, stage where I felt that what I was writing was actually publishable yeah it's, it's it, it can be a long process it's it's different writing for yourself compared to putting it out where everybody can read it and especially in the today's world where so many people have almost instant access to you so you can get a lot of um, comments and a lot of people say saying things about your writing that you know never used to be so it's very it's a different time it takes a little bit of courage now to put out a book yeah it, it does it's you know i mean when you when you write a book i mean there's always a part of you you know within that book and depending on what you're writing i mean that could be quite you know a sort of a, an important part of of you or it could be a lesser part but there's always parts of you in that book and so you know when you when you put it out there in the the big old world you know, it's like you've got to be prepared for whatever people say. And sometimes they say things that, you know, aren't particularly nice. So, oh, yeah. You know, and it's the worst thing in the world if you if you express a feeling or an idea of yours in a book or a short story and then someone goes, well, this is terrible. Or it's, <laughs> they say something <laughs> really mean and you're like, oh, well, thank you. You know, it's kind of, uh, it, it can be devastating at times. You have to build quite a an armory, a, a, a second skin to kind of, you know, get through that because it can really, uh, it can really affect people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you need to, you need to have a tough skin if you, if you're going to, you know, be a writer or, or anything. I think, you know, if you're kind of like 
somewhat in the public domain. I mean, there's always going to be people out there who are going to start uh, trying to knock you down. Yeah. It just seems to be a part of life that we, we have to deal with. Um, and so you have to be prepared for that and you have to be kind of mentally tough enough to, to deal with that and, and rise above it. Oh yeah. I used to be devastated like 10 years ago when I got comments or people saying things, I would be so upset. And, and now I've kind of taken the, um, Andy Warhol, someone says, you can't write and it's terrible. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I can't, I am terrible. Or I do the old, you know, I don't come to your job and slop, slap the sailor's cock out of your <laughs> mouth. So don't come tell me what I'm, how to do my job type thing. So I kind of have, I kind of have developed this snap back at people because it's just, you know, you know, if someone has something good to say or something that about how something made them feel or something that, that you can learn from, that's, that's great. But just the old sort of slash and burn comments are just, you know, terrible. But yeah, they're, they're hard to deal with. Yeah. I, I tend to just try and ignore them and, and just, yeah. Move oh, on. yeah. 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 You don't want to, if you focus on them too much, it takes you away from the heart of writing or what you're doing or your story. Cause mm. if you start, thinking about these things you you no longer are focusing on your on your art so to speak so it's not a good thing to do it's better to to avoid it when, when you write these stories like okay so there's 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 a lot of entertainment and there's science and there's all these thoughts going on at the same time and um and that is there like a subtext or perhaps a, a theme or something you want people to get uh other than the the entertainment and all of the fun stuff um, on the top end of the story, and and you know, and this is something that could happen um, organically. It might not, you know, it's not like you're sitting there trying to give an opinion, so to speak. But it just sort of happens with the characters. Is that sort of sub, something that people can get out of your books? Uh, I find um, most of my books tend to have themes behind them, but. Uh... I don't actually set out with a theme necessarily in mind. They they kind of emerge sort of almost sort of like um, as a byproduct as I'm writing. It's like I don't kind of sit down and think to myself, I'm going to write a book where I set all the rights in the world. You know, <laughs> That'd be a really long book. Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know I, I don't sort of try to sort of, I don't know, sort of, beat people over the head with kind of like righteous themes or, or anything or ideas. Um, but there are themes kind of that develop naturally through the, the telling of the story. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's one of these things. I mean, sometimes you write things and they are actually a reflection of you. But I mean, other times you write things and uh, you know, not necessarily a reflection of you, you know, um, it's the same with characters. Some, some characters are, I, of my characters I look at and I think to myself, you know, it's like, yeah, I can definitely see some of my DNA in that character, but then there are other characters, not necessarily, you know, kind of the, the sort of bad characters, but, you know, I look at them and I think, yeah, there's not really much of me in, in that one at all, but, you know, you kind of like, you have to, at least gain a sympathetic understanding of people with the other viewpoints, you know, that aren't necessarily yours. Now it says in your bio that you, um, you sort of fell in love um, with space and science fiction kind of back when you watched uh, Neil Armstrong and the, and the moon landing and all that uh, walking on the moon. You, you do realize that that didn't happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> I say that because we had the flat earthers on the show and I was just like, <laughs> it was just crazy. And, um, and uh, you know, so, but that, that sort of started it and, and you kind of write like in these, you say they're near future sci-fi thrillers. Right. So, um, and you kind of do plausible science, but do you ever worry about you're trying to be a plausible, like a reasonable scientific series in the books but being near future when it happened, you know, when the future kind of comes up on us, do you ever worry that it, something you say might not be real or not, might not happen or couldn't happen? Or 
Um, I don't worry too much about um, about things not coming true exactly the way I've written it in the books. I, I think if you started sort of trying to, um, you know, kind of dull guess yourself like that, you'd very quickly end up not being able to produce anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I chose deliberately to kind of like keep at least the initial books fairly kind of like close in the relatively near future um, because I, I wanted to write about stories and people that, you know, were very easily relatable to people now and not kind of so far in the future that, you know, their societies and things that were happening uh, were almost unrecognizable. Uh, so, you know, that in itself is a deliberate choice. Um, what I actually am finding um, kind of a little bit more scary and a little bit more worrying is, is the number of things that I've kind of put into my books in the near future that sadly seem to be coming true even quicker than I had imagined. Um, you know, a, a lot of the things around sort of like, you know, the environment and what have you, the to kind of you know we're starting to see them now and uh you know in my books it's like you know i'm kind of like talking about these things kind of maybe 150 years from now and it's like but we're already seeing the the, the kind of the signs now and that's kind of worrying yeah yeah you know and uh, are you ever going to deal with with any sort of pandemic or or uh, viruses or you know, monkeypox or anything strange in your books, <laughs> or it, you know, is it too close to what has happened that you're going to stay away from it? I think it, it's a little bit too close. Um, I, I try to do things that are kind of different and not what people might necessarily expect. And so, I think, at least for me at the moment, that's probably a little bit um, too close. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that I, I wouldn't necessarily write something along those lines, you know, in the future. But for now, I think it's a little bit too close. And quite honestly, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm kind of tired of, you know, monkeypoxes and, <laughs> and viruses. And, and Well, yeah, it's a bit cumbersome. It's, you know, it is. And it's because yeah. it's, it's daily and it take, it, it's only been a couple of years, but it seems like. 20 years yeah it's know. been a long time you know and and here we are kind of you know sort of two and a half years kind of like later and we're only really starting to see the first signs of things you know shifting somewhat back to normal and you know that's a long time yeah yeah it certainly seems um like forever but um, you, you know, I also see, okay, this is my kind of story to cynical humor and that sort of thing. Cause that's who I am. <laughs> and I'm, I've been called a lot of things cause I am so cynical. I'm so, and, and I like satire. I like that sort of thing, but like myself, I get quite often, um, called colorful and different things. Um, but do you worry um, or not worry, but you have to be careful because there has to be a timing like humor and, and cynicism and satire and all that. It's got to be in the right place at the right time, or it can really fall flat, right? It can, it can not work or you could trigger someone, so to speak, as they say, do, do you have to actually be conscious and really think about your, your kind of humor that you put in the book? Um, I, as I'm writing, I tend to be um, pretty much open to anything. Um, and I will, like, at least in my first draft, I will kind of throw in um, sometimes some of the, the worst and, and sort of darkest kind of <laughs> jokes you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then as I revise, it's like I'll kind of, like, look at some of them and I'll think to myself, yeah, okay, that's maybe a little bit too close to the knuckle. Um, that's maybe not quite where we want to take this at this point. Um, and 
I also am very fortunate in that my uh, my wife reads my books and she's kind of like my one of my editors and uh, she has a very good sort of like sense of you know kind of like whether something's worth including or not and uh, so between us we usually kind of like manage to find a, a fairly good balance you know there are things sometimes she'll just tell me outright you know yeah you can't include that you know yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and i'll kind of like well and she's usually right <laughs> yeah well you know and the thing is because it's it's a it, you know it's a pretty sensitive world right now people are very um conscious and and everyone's kind of over cautious sometimes i think people are scared to a to a certain extent to sort of just say things kind of how they are without you know thinking they're going to upset someone or hurt someone or offend someone. And it's, and it's not right to be mean and hurt someone and all that, but sometimes we've got to have some adult humor and stuff. Right. I think personally. Yeah, I would agree. And, and I also agree. I think that uh, we've kind of like tipped a little bit too far into the kind of, you know, sort of, um, Oh, well, we can't upset people. We can't say this because somebody might get triggered or, you know, so on. I mean, a lot of books nowadays, they have, they're actually, they've started including trigger warnings <laughs> in the description. It's like, you know, ca you know, caution, this book contains things that, you know, such as whatever, you know, I don't know exactly. And I just refuse point blank to, to do that because, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I assume, you know, I'm, I'm writing for adults. And so I assume that you can kind of like understand the difference between, you know, kind of fiction and reality. And this is a piece of fiction, you know, you know, no, no, no people were harmed in the making of this book. <laughs> <laughs> but they will be now, you know, but, you know, on the trigger, you know, it's funny because, you know, true crime a lot of what I write sells like crazy and people are really into it. All the true crime shows and murder mm. and all this stuff. And, I, and I'm thinking, and yeah, they're sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> I, <I'm, laughs> it just doesn't, you know, like I got to sit down and watch my favorite discovery murder shows for, for a couple hours. And then someone said something off color and it's, Oh my God, I'm so upset. That's sort of, it doesn't correspond with me. I don't get it, mm. but Hey, that nobody cares about me so yeah it's it's true i mean i uh i just happened to notice a a, a post uh on social media uh, last week by one of my longtime fans and uh i i won't go into the details but it just kind of like made me realize that in one of my books there's a, a part of that book and i thought to myself wow, how is she going to deal with that based on what she just kind of posted? And so I, I contacted her privately and, and just, you know, very gently sort of warned her. I didn't tell her the nature of what it was that, you know, I thought might upset her. But I just kind of like thought, you know, well, I better do just in case. And uh, it was kind of interesting because, you know, she, uh, her response was like, you know, I'm an adult. It's like, I know the difference. You know, it's like, this is, <laughs> it's a book. You know, I, I'm yeah. not, you know, that's not going to kind of like hurt me. It's a book. It's not reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's kind of what I mean. It's kind of a little bit, you have to be cautious because you don't really know what to expect. Mm. You know? Yeah. And, and it is, it is a valid concern. I mean, like you say, I mean, you, you don't set out to deliberately hurt people with these things. But at the same time, you know, I mean, you can't just sort of like, you know, live in this kind of happy sort of peppy sort of Sesame Street world forever, you know. No, it's not going to, you're not going to survive. There's there's a real world out there. So, you know, but um, so when you say that you, you're not really outlining stuff and like this is book two, do you know how many books in a series you're going to do or how many parts to the series you're going to complete? Because it's so it seems kind of random in a way. Um, absolutely no idea. Okay. <laughs> 
the, the it's interesting you mentioned that the uh, the Joe Bowen series, which as I said was my uh, first series, um, that originally was going to be a standalone book. That was it, just one book and, and done. And as I was kind of uh, writing and editing the first book, I realized that there was more to this story. And so then I started working on the second book. Um, I wrote the second book and I was editing that and down to a suggestion by my wife, I made a very, very small change, at least in terms of that particular book, um, to the ending, um, which I completely agreed with, but, you know, it was actually my wife who uh, made the suggestion. But that was in editing. And as a result of that, I, I mean, I'd already started writing book three because I realized that there needed to be a third book. But I had 75,000 words written, and suddenly this one slight change in book two completely invalidated <laughs> all of what I'd written in book three. Oh. So then I had to rewrite completely book three but that meant that i ended up because i still needed to finish off the whole series i realized and so i ended up with having four books in that series um the logan's world book similarly was going to be just like a one-off and then again i kind of got to the end of it and realized there had to be at least one more and then I, as I was writing the second, I realized, yeah, well, we're still not going to be done. So there's going to be at least a third. I doubt there'll be a fourth, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. And don't, don't be writing ahead of time in case the, the wife gives you some, some change. And then, <laughs> and then, I mean, you could always fall back and say it was all a dream. <laughs> yeah i'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it's a good move for anyone, but when in doubt, <laughs> they, they he woke up in book three yeah <laughs> no it's, it's insane sort of thing do you would you go back um to older books now and and reread them or look at them now and kind of go oh and then uh, because it's my it's my belief that each time we do do a book and you complete it and it's out there and then you move on i feel there's a certain amount of knowledge you get or there's a certain amount more of um ability in writing different tools let's say you become a better writer and so when you go back to something that you did you know five books ago or even longer sometimes you can notice things that you would do differently now do you ever sort of does that ever come across to you oh absolutely um i mean from the first book i released i mean I, i've always been kind of a bit of a perfectionist i, I try to make them absolutely as you know, as good as I possibly can. And, and and that's what you do. You're always, you know, you're always proud of the work that you do at the time that you do it. But I mean, yeah, it's always a learning experience. And so, you know, as you, you know, you can like develop your skills and, and, you know, you get better at developing like characters, plot, all this kind of stuff. I mean, you inevitably will look back and, and I certainly have, and I've looked back and I've thought, Wow. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't write that like that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Makes you want to change it, but that's an endless process because that'll never stop then if you keep doing that, right? Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You have to accept that that was kind of like, you know, the best that you were able to do at the time and and you have to move on because otherwise yeah you would get nowhere you'd just constantly be re revising i'd be rewriting every day <laughs> yeah it would be it would be the sisyphean equivalent of uh writer's hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> well so so someone that had never never heard of you before hard to believe but if there's someone out there in this world that doesn't <laughs> know sure who, that doesn't know david m kelly um besides okay the new book that that we, that you're focusing on to sell um what one book would you say you got to read this book in order to know who david m kelly is as a writer um that's always a yeah. tough question it's kind of like 
you know, who's your favorite child? <laughs> it depends on what they're doing that day, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, probably I would say that uh, the, the Joe Ballon series is kind of more me um, in terms of the character and the character's humor and so on. So probably I would say the Joe Ballon series. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough old question, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. I, I like putting people on the spot with that. <laughs> well, you know, cause it is a tough one, but it's kind of gives a, you know, makes you kind of answer something, you know? So now your main character here, like, uh, Logan Two Feathers, I believe. So yes. who is Logan Two Feathers? Like who, what, what kind of a character is this person? Logan is a space engineer um, who, as I say, I originally developed the character in, in the Joe Balan series. Uh, and I was looking for a character who would be uh, a kind of a space construction engineer. Um, you know, and I was thinking about, you know, who would uh, kind of take on such a, a, a job. And I happened across um, a couple of articles talking about uh, the uh, um, the American um, natives, the Native Americans, who basically had built all of the skyscrapers in New York. And kind of like they did these jobs and like they showed kind of no fear of heights and what have you. And I just thought to myself, Wow, that that's the kind of person I could imagine kind of like who'd be quite happy to go and start, you know, building things in space. And so that's kind of like how that character first came about. And then as I said, through those books, he kind of developed uh, more and more and became more and more solid. And so basically he's he's an engineer, he's very down to earth, he's a very um He's a very moral character. He's got a very, very dry sense of humor. Uh, and he's very, very loyal to like those around him. And he cares a lot. But he finds himself in this world where um, he's dealing with both bigotry from people who supposedly are his allies um, but then he's also facing the fact that this planet that he found helped he found and helped to um, settle has been basically invaded by uh, enemy soldiers, and so he's kind of literally sort of fighting for his life on many fronts. And uh, so the whole story is quite a. Uh, it's quite a long kind of tale of heroism and a, a personal journey for the character. And, and of course, a lot of you will be in that character. Uh, you know, as most writers, they do put themselves into it. Uh, do you draw from some, somewhere else as well to fill a character as I'm like, do you take other people, you know, or other people you watch, you know, like, you know, you're hanging out in the, coffee shop or the bar and you're kind of looking at people and and getting ideas or or does it just is this totally imagination um it's it's kind of a mix of of all of those really i mean a lot of the kind of like the the ideas and and the personality of logan certainly is reflective of you know certain aspects of my personality um some of his um, some of his personality is definitely kind of like derived from people I've met and and people I know, and and some of it is is just kind of you know sheer imagination in terms of like you know putting myself into that character's shoes and and saying well you know if I was in those shoes how would I react how would I feel to these circumstances. And so it is very much, you know, kind of uh, an amalgamation of all of these different things. Do, do you ever um, um, take people or run, you know, use people that are completely 
nasty, awful people that you've had run in, <laughs> run in your life or people you don't like. And then you put them in the book and they, they get killed or tortured or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've never deliberately put. Oh, come on. Give us the names. A, Tell us a, the truth. I, I've, I've never deliberately put a person in my book for the, for the pure reason of being able to torture them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time you start. Um, but there are kind of, you know, characters in my books who are, you know, kind of like, shall we say, not very nice people. And, you know, certainly, you know, s some of their character and, and personality is based on people that I've known that, you know, I've not liked. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it all informs, you know, the, the kind of choice, you know. Do you, do you, do you actually um, try to act out or scene out some of the um, different things that are happening in the book? Do you put it, do you kind of work it out in your brain or maybe you dress up like a, someone and you do that sort of thing? Or do you do any of that? <laughs> you know i have to because i get people that say they do some of them dress up you know they've got dresses on they've got all sorts of stuff on. i think it's great but how do you how do you act out scenes or do you um i don't do any kind of dresses <laughs> <laughs> i have to say yeah. um basically for me it, it's really kind of like all in my imagination it, it's you know it's like i i I think I'm a reasonably fairly empathic kind of person. And so, you know, I, I sort of spend time sort of thinking myself, as, as I said earlier, you know, it's like I, I try to put myself in that person's shoes and, and, and that circumstance and think to myself, well, you know, how would I react? How would I feel? You know, what would I go through if I was in that circumstance? And, and how would I react? You know, what would I do? Um, and I mean, I mean, there's also, I mean, as I said, I mean, I also draw on things that I've seen and, and you know, things that I, I've, I've been aware of from other people that I know, or like you said, sometimes just, you know, people that you might see in the street or, or in a coffee shop or something. Right. Yeah. You know, they all kind of like help to, inform the choices of how you make a, a, a character you know yeah oh yeah whole yeah in these last five years or so there's been a lot of great characters to copy um that you can get away with almost anything now but because previously you people would have said well that's unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> but the way some people act you might not um you could get away with more do, do you have a process in writing like um in a and i mean this in setting like do you have to be in a certain setting or placing or have certain things around you music no music and do you have to be in the right mood and that's important because you know can you just rope off time and say well there's nobody home 10 to 2 so i'm going to write and sit down and write is that all how does that work for you uh i'm lucky in that i I write full time, um, which I'm very glad about because when I was working and trying to write, I didn't progress very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm lucky enough to, to write kind of full time. And so it literally is my job. I get up, um, you know, I kind of like have breakfast and what have you. And then I'm, I'm basically writing. It's like, but the thing is, I mean, writing isn't, it's not just putting words on paper. I mean, writing is a lot of different things. You know, there's research, there's uh, promotion, you know, media, there's editing, advertising, all of these things. So it's not necessarily strictly just putting words down on, on a page. Um, but in terms of, um, in terms of the actual writing words itself, I basically have a a weekly word target which I try to stick to. And I don't always manage, but most of the time I do. 
I I used to do daily word targets, but I found that was a bit difficult because you can never quite guarantee when things are going to strike. Uh, or at least I can't. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have a weekly target and I try to stick to that. But as I say, I mean, it's like it's not just purely the 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 words themselves. It's not like you you kind of as you, I'm sure you know yourself, you don't just kind of like knock out fifty thousand words and then that's it. You know, it, it's it's there's more to it than just an actual word count. Um, but yeah, so I I try to write every day during the week. I try to take weekends off, although depending on deadlines and what's happening and release schedules sometimes that doesn't happen but that's what I, I try to do and uh, usually I'm kind of like writing at least sort of two or three hours a day what what about mood so if 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 things are just not going well I mean in your outside life sort of not not the writing part but or you know you got this protest outside your door or something's going on and it's kind of just throwing your day off can you still are you that type of guy that sits down and can still do it no mood is is definitely a factor i mean certainly i mean for me uh with all of the the kind of like the covid when news when that was kind of like hitting us every day you know and every day it just seemed to be getting worse and worse and worse i really kind of like found it difficult to to concentrate on writing every time i tried to sit down to do anything it's like my brain would be trying to get a grip on you know what was happening in the world and so i found it very very challenging at that point to to kind of write with any kind of regularity um things just kind of like outside the house they don't tend to bother me too much it's mostly kind of like what's happening in my brain that bothers me um so if it's noisy outside it's like that doesn't tend to bother me um as i said i used to write on the train which was kind of like a packed commute train and yeah. that didn't really bother me um i can like if i'm if i'm out and about and i've got some spare time like i'm waiting for an appointment or something it's like i'll write on my phone um, so it doesn't have to be a particular setting or, or particularly quiet i don't write with music i know a lot of people do but i'd find that kind of like too distracting i'd be singing along with the songs <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean generally it's like I'm, I'm not distracted that easily but as i say if there are things that are going on that are kind of occupying my brain that really can be quite uh, an issue um and it, and especially over the last couple of years it's been difficult to sort of like turn those things off yeah yeah it's all over the place everywhere you go you know it's hard to get away from it um how how do you like to interact with your fans or readers and and with people and stuff like do you have a website what's your favorite social media what's what's your way to connect i do have a website um my website's davidmkelly.com um and i'm on um facebook and twitter and they're probably the two best ways of kind of like reaching out to me if people want to. Um, I've got a contact form on my website and people can always email me. I mean, I, I like hearing from fans. Like, um, I, I'd love to hear from them more. And one of the things that has been, you know, kind of really quite disheartening over the last couple of years is the fact that we haven't been able to do you know, live events and get to meet people, you know, in person. So um, that thankfully is now uh, starting to ease off. I did my first live event uh, just a couple of weeks ago um, in sort of nearly two and a half years. And it was like, wow, it's so nice to actually get out and, and meet people again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a change. Um, well, of course, we'll have everything up on our website, too. People can find you one click and they can do, you know, whatever they need. And, uh, you know, uh, you you want to give out your phone number, too? <laughs> mm, no, I, th I, think, I think my wife would probably be a, a bit 
upset about that idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It could be, could be a problem, you know? <laughs> um, so what's your, do you, old science fiction or new science fiction? And for me, old science fiction is stuff like I, I'm an old guy. So I'm, I'm talking about stuff from, you know, the fifties and sixties and seventies, mm-hmm. even compared to modern day. Do you have a favorite? Well, I kind of grew up on the the older kind of classic science fiction, you know, Heinlein, Asimov, Clark, etc. So, I mean, that will always, you know, have a, a you know a kind of like a special place in my heart. Um, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff coming out now as well. You know, I mean, like the Expanse series. I mean, that's uh, a very good series. Um, I very much enjoyed um, Old Man's War by John Scalzi as well. Uh, I, I liked the way that he kind of like flipped the whole kind of sci-fi war kind of concept around and turned it on its head. Um, and then um, there's also uh, the, oh, the Murderbot stories by Martha Wells. Uh, those are very good as well. So. I kind of like both, you know, but as I say, I'll always have a, a soft spot for the classics. Yeah, you know, it's amazing how some of the classics still hold, even though, it, you know, it's kind of a, you know, far-fetched, like the ideas are just not real, but some they still hold uh, a lot of water today. Yeah, indeed. I think, um, you know, I mean, they were very much the, the trendsetters and... Uh, I mean, I've had occasions where people have, you know, have compared some of my stories and and books to some of the kind of classic writers. And, like, I find that incredibly flattering, you know, that they kind of, like, felt that they had a similar kind of quality to to those books. And, you know, I I mean, that to me is kind of like almost, uh, you know, the ultimate compliment. Oh yeah, well that ju- that just means you're following some of the great, great uh, sci-fi uh, writers before. You know, you're you're holding up. That's great. You know, um, do you ever have white writer's block? Then do you ever do you ever get to where you can't write? Um, I sometimes get to the point where because I said my my approach is very kind of um, organic. I, I sometimes get to the point where. Um, I don't know exactly where to go next in the story. Um, it's not kind of writer's block in a sort of traditional sense. It's more just kind of like, yeah, and my brain hasn't quite figured out which things it wants to do yet. And so what I actually do at that point is I'll, I'll actually just put that story to one side and start writing and start working on another one that's yeah. kind of like different and and I let my subconscious work on the the one that kind of like got a little bit stuck wow which is is kind of quite a, a useful kind of like technique because it kind of takes you away from the thing that's you know maybe causing some problems but it maintains your productivity, which obviously is a a, a definite bonus. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. You know, well, interesting conversation, and uh, we're glad you came on the show. Now, uh, the new book coming out on June seventh is is book two of Logan's World, Quaylen uh, mm-hmm. Shin, and Quaylen Shin Don. Sorry, and of course, yeah. our guest is the author. Uh, David M. Kelly. So thank you for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Al. It's been a pleasure. Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.com. HouseofMystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. 
I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.